As Ethan said, we are in Psalm 23 tonight, one of the most well-known psalms in the Bible. Uh, Before I read it, I want to introduce the psalm with the words of a man named Derek Kidner uh, in his commentary to the psalms. I find this to be a really good introduction to understanding this psalm. Kidner says this, Depth and strength underlie the simplicity of this psalm. Its peace is not escape. Its contentment is not complacency. There is a readiness to face deep darkness and imminent attack. And the climax reveals a love which homes towards no material but the Lord himself. And so with that introduction, would you please stand in reverence towards God's word and as our custom here in RUF, as I read for us Psalm 23, our sermon text for tonight. A Psalm of David. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside still waters. He restores my soul. He leads me in paths of righteousness for his name's sake. Even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil, my cup overflows. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life, and I shall dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Let us pray. Heavenly Father, I thank you for your word. I thank you for the life of King David and his love for you that overflows into this poem. I thank you for what it teaches us about who you are as our good shepherd and our good host. Lord, I pray that you would open up our ears to hear your message tonight. I pray that you would use the words of my mouth to proclaim the gospel truth. And it's in Jesus' powerful name that I pray. Amen. You may be seated. Who or what leads you? I want us to think about that for a moment here. Who is that person or what is that thing that you let decide what you will think or where you will go, the decisions that you make? How do you know that that person or thing will reliably give you a flourishing life. Because if we're honest, I think we all desire a flourishing life. Now, don't hear me say that a flourishing life is one that's always happy, one that's always sunshine and green pastures. It's not. But a flourishing life is one that has purpose, that has joy, that is full. And in college, it's the time to have a flourishing life, isn't it? College is a time that is looked back on with great joy. Days on the quad, sunny days, playing spike ball, hanging out with friends on the weekend, looking with excitement towards the future. But if we're honest again, I think we all know that we don't always flourish in college. College sometimes feels like survival. We have so many classes, so many assignments, so many friends to keep up with and things to do. How can you flourish? when all these things are happening. Now, there are many things, many people that will promise you a flourishing life if you just follow their lead. So let me ask you again, who leads you? What do you let lead your life? 
Now, as Ethan has already introduced, we are going through a series on the life of King David. And tonight, instead of looking at a story of David's life, we're looking at a poem that he wrote. This is found in Psalm 23. And for some of y'all who were in a upperclassman small group last semester, you may remember that psalms are songs that are sung. There are many different types of psalms that deal with many situations and emotions of life. This psalm shows David's confidence in the Lord to lead him. To not lead him in his administration as a king, though the Lord did do that, but to lead David's personal life. We see David describe the Lord using two images in this psalm. The Lord as shepherd and the Lord as host, as you'll see in your outline. So first, the Lord as shepherd. Look again to verse 1. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. We see here David likening the Lord to a shepherd. And because the Lord here is called my shepherd, David is a sheep. Now I want to remind us of the life of King David. Going all the way back to our first large group, you may remember that Samuel the priest came to the house of Jesse to anoint the next king of Israel. And as he was looking at David's brothers, where was David? He was out in the field tending his father's sheep. He's a shepherd. He knows what a shepherd is. We also know a little bit about who shepherds are from David's own words in 1 Samuel 17, the story of David and Goliath. When David comes before Saul to tell him that he's going to fight Goliath, David says, Your servant used to keep sheep for his father. And when there came a lion or a bear and took a lamb from the flock, I went after him and struck him and delivered it out of his mouth. And if he arose against me, I caught him by his beard and struck him and killed him. Your servant, David, has struck down both lions and bears. We see that shepherds are fierce warriors willing to defend their sheep. We know that David knows what a shepherd is. So let's look at three characteristics of a shepherd as seen in Psalm 23. The first characteristic of a shepherd is that a shepherd is a guide. Look at verses 2 and 3. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside still waters. He restores my soul. He leads me in paths of righteousness for his name's sake. Here we see the image of the shepherd guiding his sheep. Where is the shepherd guiding his sheep to? To green pastures and still waters. These are places of sustenance, of life for the sheep. Green pastures would be their food and still water their drink. The shepherd knows what his sheep needs and he guides them to it. The shepherd knows where to go and the sheep do not. The sheep follows along and the shepherd leads them. Notice that pastures is plural in the text, which means that it wasn't just one green pasture the shepherd led them to. It was multiple, an abundance of green pastures. Notice also the still waters. It's not just their drink, but it's also their rest. The water is still. It is a place for the sheep to rest for a bit. Not only does the shepherd out of his love lead the sheep, to green pastures and still waters, but he also makes them lie down there. The sheep don't think for themselves. They're not the smartest of creatures, as I've come to learn. They don't think, I'm hungry, I need food. I'm thirsty, I need water. I'm tired, I need rest. So the shepherd himself takes initiative. He's the one that makes them lie down in green pastures. So not only does he guide them to these wonderful places of abundance, but he also shows them how to enjoy these places. 
We also see the shepherd guiding the sheep in paths of righteousness for his namesake. Within the shepherd sheep analogy, paths of righteousness are just right paths, the correct paths to take. Once again, the sheep needs to rely on its shepherd. The sheep doesn't know what the right path is. It doesn't think to itself, I'm on the right path, I'm not on the right path. But the shepherd does, and the sheep needs to follow along. Now, outside of the shepherd sheep analogy, we notice that it is for the Lord's namesake that he leads in paths of righteousness. So the way that David conducts himself matters because it reflects on who God is. So this is the first characteristic of a shepherd. A shepherd is a guide. The second characteristic that we see from Psalm 23 is that the shepherd is a physician. Look again to verse 3. He restores my soul. Now, the word soul here does not just mean the spiritual aspect of a person as we might think of it, not the intangible inner being. Instead, the word soul here, as many commentators have pointed out to me, means the entire being, the full self. David's entire being is restored by the Lord. Within the shepherd analogy, we can understand it as this. When the sheep is sick or injured, the shepherd knows what to do, and he heals them. This shows that the shepherd knows his sheep intimately, and he loves them. He knows when they're sick, he knows when they're needy, and he provides restoration. Notice also that it is the shepherd who does the restoration. David himself, if he was physically ill or spiritually ill, he could try all the solutions in the world to try to heal himself. But ultimately, it is the Lord who heals him, who restores him. David has the Lord as his physician. Lastly, the third characteristic of a shepherd that we see from Psalm 23 is that the shepherd is a protector. Look again at verse 4. Even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. We see the image shift from the shepherd guiding his sheep to green pastures and still waters to one of them going through a valley of the shadow of death. Now, what exactly that is, I don't know. And most commentators debate on this because the translation varies. It could be the valley of the shadow of death or the valley of deep darkness. But either way, it is clear that this valley is not a good place. There's danger. There's threats to their lives. For the sheep, there's probably lots of bears and lions who threaten their lives. Yet, David says with confidence that I am comforted and I shall fear no evil because the shepherd is with him. As we already have seen from David's own words, the shepherd is a fierce warrior. He has killed bear and lion himself. This shows that the shepherd is willing to defend his sheep. He has a rod and a staff, as David says, each with a different purpose. A rod would be something that the shepherd carries on his belt and uses for defense. And the staff would be what he carries, uh, what he walks with to order his sheep and keep them within the flock, keep them together away from the danger. Because the shepherd is the one who protects the sheep, the sheep do not fear and they are comforted. This is the type of shepherd the Lord is for David. He is the one who guides him. He is the one who restores him. He is the one who protects him. All these things comfort David. And David says with full confidence, I shall not want, meaning I lack nothing, not even my needs, but also my wants. He has all his food, all of his shelter, all of his water satisfied, 
but also he has all of his desires, all of his longings, satisfied in the Lord because he is his shepherd. He has full confidence of where he is going, what he is doing with his life. For he knows that when trouble arises, the Lord will not only protect him from the evil, but he will restore him when he is injured. David knows the Lord loves him as a shepherd loves his sheep. The Lord knows him intimately and he provides for him. So let's go on to the second image that David uses of the Lord. The Lord as host. Just like with the image of a shepherd, David knows intimately what a host is. Think back to the story of David and Mephibosheth. There David is being a good host for Mephibosheth. He allows him to dine at the king's table all of his life, lavishing on him food and drink that Mephibosheth did not deserve. David knows well what a host is. And we see from verses 5 and 6, two characteristics of a host. The first characteristic that we see is that the Lord, as host, is an assurance bringer. He brings assurance in the midst of adversity. Look at verse 5. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil. My cup overflows. Connecting back to the previous verse, we see the presence of enemies or danger again. Similar with the sheep walking through the valley of the shadow of death. But instead, in this image, the Lord is not leading David in the presence of his enemies. He is preparing a table in the presence of his enemies, anointing his head with oil so that David's cup overflows. Now, what do these images mean? Preparing a table here does not just mean the Lord gives to David enough to get by. As some commentators pointed out to me, preparing a table would be more like a festive celebration, a banquet that a host would prepare. Think of a wedding feast, a wedding celebration. Think of the, the tablecloths and the candles, the flowers, beautiful glasses, plates, silverware, all of that. That's the image here. Even in the midst of David's enemies, the Lord does this. The image of oil is an image of anointing and blessing from God. Think back to, again, the first large group. How did Samuel point out who the next king was? He anointed with oil, an image of the Lord's blessing. And David's cups overflows. David cannot contain the blessings that the Lord pours out. This certainly brings David assurance. Why? Well, think about who's the one in control in the image. Is it his enemies? No, it is the Lord. The Lord is in control, even in the midst of enemies. And he loves to lavish David. He loves to lavish him with blessings abundantly, more than David is capable of receiving. The second characteristic that we see of the Lord as host is that he pursues David with goodness and mercy. Look at verse 6. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life. Now something interesting is happening here in this verse. David in this poem is paralleling the Lord's goodness and mercy with the enemies in the last verse. How is he doing that? Well, the English does not get across super well. Uh, the words shall follow me all the days of my life ought not to conjure up the image of a sheep following its shepherd but instead it should conjure up an enemy pursuing its target. Just like Saul would pursue David to try to take his life, so does the Lord's goodness and mercy pursue David. And its goal 
is to surround David with his goodness and mercy. And the Lord does not just pursue him for a day or for a time, but for all the days of his life. There's not a single day of David's life that the Lord's goodness and mercy did not pursue him. On David's best days, on his worst days, on the days that he didn't even care about the Lord, the Lord was still pursuing him. For David, this Lord, this image of Lord as host brought great assurance and comfort, knowing that even in times of trouble, even in times of he not wanting to seek the Lord, the Lord was seeking him and the Lord was lavishing on him great blessings and gifts. And David can say with full confidence that I shall dwell in the house of the Lord forever. David knows that the Lord not only in this life will pursue him and enable him to live a flourishing life, but he knows that he will also be led to an even better and more flourishing life in the next. You see, where once the Lord prepared a table in the midst of his enemies, David will dwell in the midst of God's house. Where no enemies can stand, no evil can dwell. He will have full assurance and full comfort when he gets to dwell in the house of the Lord. So now that we've seen a glimpse of who the Lord is, his two characteristics, two images of shepherd and host and the characteristics that involves and how that led David to a flourishing life, let's think back to my original question. Who or what leads you? We see throughout this psalm that the Lord is the one who leads David. The Lord is the one who guides him, who restores him, who protects him, who blesses him with abundance, and who pursues him with goodness and mercy. David's life flourishes because the Lord is his leader. And not only does David's life flourish now, but also in the next life. David says, I shall not want with the Lord as my shepherd, and I shall dwell in the house of the Lord forever with the Lord as my host. But this is David we're talking about, a man who was a great king, who was a conqueror, who defeated Goliath, who was kind to his enemies, and who made a covenant with the Lord. He seems like he had his life put together, didn't he? So how can I follow the Lord like David did? How can I also say with David, I shall not want and I shall dwell in the house of the Lord forever? Because my life is not David's. I'm no king. I'm no conqueror. I'm not even kind to my friends, more or less my enemies. I have all these distractions of life, all these classes, assignments, relationships to keep up with, social media, you name it. So many things to distract me. How can I keep the Lord as my leader? Maybe you've never thought about letting the Lord lead your life, or maybe he's the only one who's ever led your life. Either way, how can you say with full confidence with David, I shall not want, and I shall dwell in the house of the Lord forever? Well, there was a man about 2,000 years ago who came, Jesus of Nazareth, and he came to answer that question. Christ says in John 10:11, I am the good shepherd, the good shepherd lays down his life for the sheep. You see, the shepherd talked about in Psalm 23 is Jesus. It is he who guides. It is he who restores. It is he who protects. How does he do that? How does the Lord accomplish this? He came and he lived a perfect life. He was the perfect sheep. He followed his shepherd perfectly. He then died on a cross, receiving the punishment for sins that we ought to have received. And then he rose again from the dead, pointing us to the hope and the joy of the resurrection of a life spent in the house of the Lord. He on that cross, if you put your faith in him, blesses you abundantly with his perfect life. And he takes the punishment for your sin to restore 
to you a right relationship with the Father. A good shepherd lays down his life, and that's exactly what Christ did. He protects you from your own sin, the sins of others. He restores you. He heals you. He brings you back to a right relationship with the Father. He guides you down paths of righteousness, sanctifying you, making you more like Him. You see, if you're one of His sheep, at one point, you were astray. We all were. We went off. We did our own thing. We let other people or other things lead us. We were searching for our own life, our own flourishing life. Yet nothing ever satisfied. Nothing will. They will all fail you if you let other people or other things lead you. Even if you let yourself lead you, it will fail you. You will fail yourself. But Christ, out of his love, being the good shepherd that he is, he left the flock to search for you. He pursued you with his goodness and mercy to bring you back to the fold. There's a well-known hymn writer named Fanny Crosby. And one of her hymns that I really enjoy listening to and, and really do love and cherish is called Praise Him, Praise Him. And in the first verse, she describes Christ like this. Like a shepherd, Jesus will guard his children in his arms. He carries them all day long. When you feel like everything around you is falling apart, that certainly you cannot flourish where you are, you can't even survive, you can't even get past the day. If you put Christ as your leader, he will flourish you as he flourished David. Like I said, flourishing is not always a happy life. You're not always going to be smiling. It's not always going to be rainbows and sunshine. But you will have life that is full of joy, full of love, full of peace, kindness, gentleness. It's the fruit of the Spirit. Your life will be full. Christ is not only the good shepherd, though. He is also the good host. As Ethan mentioned last large group from John 14, Jesus says, In my house and my Father's house are many rooms. If it were not so, would I have told you that I go to prepare a place for you? And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again and will take you to myself, that where I am, you may be also. We too with David can say, I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever if we let Christ lead us. If we put all of our hope, all of our faith, all of our trust in other things, we cannot say that. They will fail you. They will fail you in this life and they will certainly fail you in the next. But if you put all your hope and all your faith and all your trust in Christ, He will bless you in this life and the next. He will prepare a table before you in the midst of your enemies. He will anoint you with oil until your cup overflows. He will pursue you with His goodness and mercy all the days of your life. You just have to put your faith in Him. Rely on His work on the cross. If you have not done that yet, ever in your life, I earnestly, earnestly beg you to consider so. Now, maybe you've already put your trust in the Lord as your king, as your shepherd, and as your host. Take comfort in knowing that whether hardship or difficulty might arise in your life, it is not outside of Christ's power as we have seen. He is the one in control and he loves to lavish you. He loves to bless you. He will guide you through it. He will restore you in it. He will protect you in it and he will continue to pursue you with his love, not only here and now in this life, but even more so in the life to come. Take comfort in knowing this, and with full confidence proclaim with David that you shall not want with Christ as your shepherd, and you shall dwell in the house of the Lord forever with Christ as your good host. Let's pray.
Heavenly Father, I thank You for sending Your Son, Christ, to die on the cross, to live a perfect life, and to restore us to You. I thank You that He is our Good Shepherd, and that He is our Good Host. Lord, I just pray that we would put our full confidence in Him, our full trust, to lead our lives. Lord, I just pray that You would imprint on our hearts the message that You would have us to hear from these words tonight. Help us to not leave the same way that we came. We love you. We lift up your mighty name in praise. And it's in your son's name that I pray. Amen.